This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. On his way to the end zone. I'll tell you what, that was a spectacular play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. What a play! Off to the races! Some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Ben. We've got seven AFC home games to talk about today. How much do you trust Lamar Jackson this week? DJ Dallas? Are we going back to DJ Dallas? How about the Ravens running backs? How about David Montgomery? That's going to be a fun one to keep an eye on. We'll have a 60-second rankings dispute on him. I am Adam Azer with Jamie Eisenberg and Heath Cummings. What's going on, Heath? Hey, Adam. Hey. I feel like I haven't talked to you in, I like, know. forever. The whole, everything's changed. Uh, yeah, I know. It's been since Sunday. Heath, uh, unfortunately, was not on the show yesterday, but we'll get all of his takes today. Uh, and Jamie, good morning, sir. Good morning to you. All right. What are we feeling about uh, tonight's game? Packers-Niners. This was this is a, a, a difficult game for doing projections because you have to expect the 49ers are going to throw like 30 or 35 passes and it's we have no idea who they'll go to trent taylor richie james ross dwelly maybe jordan reed and jarek mckinnon that's you just you divide 30 targets up amongst those few guys and they all get projected much higher than they should i can't believe that the nfl is not pushing this game back till sunday it's like such a disservice to the 49ers it really is. How long do they... When would they be eligible to return? If they had to start quarantining on Wednesday, would they even be eligible to return before, say, Monday? Well, I, I think... It, did they test positive or are they contact tracing? Because I think there's a difference there. I believe I Kendrick Bourne, Bourne is the did. only positive. Yeah. yeah. Right. So, like, just going based on the Matthew Stafford news, he would have to te- they would have to test positive five days in a row. Negative. So, so ne- excuse me, negative five days in a row. Excuse me. Um, so... I, I'm assuming it's the same timeline, right? Because Stafford I, was was Wednesday also. I think what I don't know this, but I think from what I understand, Stafford's last day of contact was Tuesday. So if they they, they might, if they were one day behind, though, you could move the game from Thursday to Monday, Thursday to Tuesday, and all these people, including like Jamal Williams, um, it's it's players right. on both sides. It's just the 49ers are more impacted. Um, Brandon Ayuk wouldn't have to miss the game if he never tested positive. It, right. it would be much, much better. Yeah. They just don't have enough healthy body. You know, it's like I've never seen a team like this with what they've dealt with injury wise. Oh, man. And, and what they're uh and what they're going through um, you know, now for a game on a short week. Yeah. So if in case you missed the news, their left tackle, Trent Williams plus Debo Samuel, who wasn't going to play anyway. Uh, Brandon Ayuk, Kendrick Bourne, all on the reserve COVID list. Kendrick Bourne is the one who tested positive, and the game is still on for tonight. So they don't really have a lot of weapons here, and you know it's going to be tough for Nick Mullins. Hopefully Jordan Reed plays. That would be great. Did you? We'll just end like we'll pretty much finish up this game. We don't know if Aaron Jones is playing. By the way, he's questionable. Did you move Jamichael Hasty up or Jarek McKinnon up? Figuring bigger roles, maybe. I didn't really alter them much from where I had them. Um, just because I think Hasty is a mid-range number two running back in non-PPR and a back-end number two running back in PPR. McKinnon's a flex option in non-PPR and a number two running back in PPR. So I, I kept them the same. The only thing that I moved around was the receivers. Okay, great. So we got some more big news for you. Let's get to it right now. Matthew Stafford on the reserve COVID list, but still could play this week. If he does not play, would you consider starting Marvin Jones at Minnesota? 
Number three, boom bust. Like, that's kind of what he is anyway, is a high-end version of that. He would be a low-end version of that if his quarterback was Chase Daniel. Yep. It could be. It could be Christian McCaffrey week. How exciting. It could be Michael Thomas week. Saquon Barkley might, I don't know, walk this week. He's just had surgery. No, but McCaffrey, Michael Thomas, they uh, they might play this week. That's really exciting. Drew yep. Brees and Alvin Kamara are on the injury report, but they should be fine. I think Emmanuel Sanders is looking like he's on track, right? He was activated off the reserve COVID list, so he's going to play. So for those of you that have him in an IR spot, uh, make sure you're able to make a transaction to keep him. And Chris Godwin is trying to get back. He was limited, I believe, at practice. He's got the finger injury. Antonio Brown's going to play and be on something of a snap count. They might have their full receiving core Sunday night. Are, are we still thinking right now Chris Godwin probably not going to play? I'm going to guess if he's practicing, he's going to have a chance to be out there. The concern now becomes is if you play him on your fantasy roster because we're talking about a very crowded receiving core with a guy that's got a splint or whatever he's going to have on his finger. Um, last time I checked, you probably need all 10 fingers to do a good job catching the ball. Um <laughs> So I, I, you know, I, I love Chris Godwin, but I'm going to be nervous to start Chris Godwin. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll know more. It's, uh, it's how many Thursday targets do you think Antonio Brown gets in his first game? Five. Yeah. Heath, Heath, what do the projections five, say? Five, five sounds perfect. Cool. Yeah. Five. Looking forward. I'm really looking forward to that game. I just, it just, it just feels like Tom Brady's got to make a statement with him. It's, it's yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if it's eight plus, <laughs> you know, just here you go. You get 10 snaps, you get 10 targets. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if he's Antonio Brown, I don't know how many he needs to be good. You know, he could have five targets and still have uh, have an impact. That's five just was how many he had in his last game, right? Eight. Was it eight? Yes. Wow. I, the Dolphins? I saw that too. Oh. Yes. Yeah. He caught a touchdown. And four catches. Yep. Listen to fantasy football today in five. As soon as the game's over tonight, we will get on the air. We will record the podcast, and you'll have it in your feed at 3 a.m. Eastern time. Fantasy football today in five. And uh, you can just ask Alexa. Say, ask ask Alexa, <laughs> play fantasy football today in five podcast, and bam, it'll pop up. We also have our start or sit pregame chat today, this afternoon on Twitch at 4 p.m. Eastern until 5.30 p.m. Eastern, 4 to 5.30 p.m. Schrager, who's on Twitch today? Yeah, you, Frank, Chris Towers, maybe Dave. Dave might stop by. All right, so good. We'll see. It'll be a fun chat. Answer all your questions. All right, cool. So join us on Twitch, twitch.com slash FF today. We'll see you at 4 p.m. Eastern. Let's uh, do- one more thing for tonight's game. Alan yeah. Lazard made the flight. Oh, nice. That's exciting. Yeah, so he may be activated to play. Let's do some players we love and players we're avoiding. I'm going to let Heath start. Heath, give me someone you love this week. Yeah. Why don't I ever know that you're going to ask me this question? I don't even if you don't know, like, why is it difficult? <laughs> um, it, it's it's difficult. Um, yikes. Jamie, who's the start of the week? Start of the week is Chase Edmonds. Love the setup for him. Uh, you know, hopefully he takes advantage of this opportunity. Kenyon Drake, there is some thought that he could still play this week, so keep an eye on that, but he was held out of practice on Wednesday. In any event, Edmonds has done a nice job in minimal touches. Um, If you go back to last season, there were four games where he had at least seven total touches, just seven, and he scored 14 or more PPR points in three of those four. This year, he has four games with at least eight total touches, and he has, I think it's 13 or more PPR points in all four of those. 
Now imagine he gets the 18 plus touches that Kenyon Drake typically gets. And Drake has got 18 plus touches in five of seven games. And Edmonds has a chance to be an absolute monster. I was really surprised to see that uh, Sportsline has Edmonds projected as the number one running back. Wow. The last time that I had the start of the week and they had a number one player was Justin Herbert as the quarterback. Um, <laughs> I forget who they played that week. Uh, it was a great matchup. Jacksonville? Um, probably Jacksonville. Yes, I mean, yeah. Jacksonville. So I'm hoping the same thing happens because Herbert was great. So um, in any event, Edmonds is, uh, you know, this is the, you know, the only, the only fear I have is this is what we said with Alexander Madison, backup guy gets a shot and he failed. I hope Edmonds does not do the same thing. He is top five for both Jamie and Heath. And in, yeah. And for Dave, he's top eight. So start Chase Edmonds. Heath, you, uh, you good now? Yeah. Yeah. I love Noah Fant. I love Noah Fant. He's um, heavily involved in the passing game in terms of target share. In fact, you should expect him to lead the Broncos in targets. And he's been much more efficient with Drew Locke at quarterback than he has been with the other guys. And I think like the fact that he missed some time, Locke missed some time, he played some time with backup quarterbacks, his numbers don't look as good as they should. And he's still on a per-game basis, a top five tight end so far this season, facing a Falcons defense that while they have been better, it's been kind of weird the last two weeks. They were better against Stafford, but they gave up 340 yards. Um, they were better, better against Teddy, but it was a situation where the weather was terrible. So I don't actually believe that the Falcons pass defense is good. The run defense might be, and they might shut down Philip Lindsay and Melvin Gordon. But I, I think both Drew Locke and Noah Fant should have a good week. I can't believe he's top five per game. That's, that's pretty interesting. Wow. Tight end is so <laughs> he's due. He's due for a touchdown. Yeah. That's the no. thing that's been missing from him. He hasn't scored since week two. Uh, but this is the week to do it. They allow the most touchdowns to the position. Okay. And, but for that matter, like I, I don't know that Albert O is a terrible streaming option. Yeah. He's, he's caught a touchdown last week. He had a bunch of targets the week before, I believe Albert O with some, a lot of letters after that, but just type in Albert O you'll find him. Okay. Let's do some players. We want to avoid who wants to go first. Uh, I can go. Cool. They're all on the same team. They play for Dallas. <laughs> Even Zeke? I mean, it's it's obviously hard to get away from Zeke, but look, if you can avoid him, if you have Chase Edmonds, if you have James Robinson, you know, there's there's probably another running back or two you could say of that caliber that was not drafted or picked up or has a chance to have a good opportunity this week that you would play over Zeke. It's just like I'm not gonna play Jamichael Hasty over Zeke. I'm not gonna play Jerick McKinnon over him. What about um, what about I, Ravens? What about DJ Dallas? It's it's certainly close. I, I do like DJ Dallas better than Ezekiel Elliott this week. Yes, if he's the guy. Right, if he's the guy. <laughs> We're going to talk about that game. One guy from Dallas may not be as good <laughs> as the guy named Dallas. Five guys from Dallas may not be as good as the guy DJ named Dallas. DJ Dallas could outscore the Cowboys. <laughs> well, five guys in Dallas is probably good. Oh, yeah. Quality, quality. Very filling, a little too filling. Uh, but... Yeah, I, a little I, too filling. Like you can choose to stop eating when you're done. They're very heavy. I, I, when I, uh, no, that's a thing. That's a thing. Like you, I, who has that willpower? If you're having an awesome cheeseburger and you know you've just had too much, like who has the willpower to be like, ah, I'm stopping. I'm, and you're just like you're taking something home from Five Guys. You just say I'm full. No, you don't do that. You keep eating. It's right in front of your face. You know it's true. Give me, give me this, please. Give me this. <laughs> um, yeah, I 
I that in that same game, I I really am nervous about Deontay Johnson and the Steelers wide receivers. It's been um only twice this year that Pittsburgh's defense has held a team below 20 points. And in those two games, Ben Roethlisberger threw 32 passes and 22 passes. That's not a lot of volume when you've got Juju Smith-Schuster, Chase Claypool, Deontay Johnson, Eric Ebron, and James Washington's going to get a couple of targets. So I, I would like to avoid Deontay Johnson if I can. And I'm not particularly excited about anyone in the Steelers passing game. Okay, well, can't wait to preview that game tomorrow. It'll take about 30 seconds. But, yeah, all right, so we're we're starting Chase Edmonds. We love him. Noah Fant for Heath. Jamie, where do you have Noah Fant? Just starter. High five. Oh, yeah, all right. I mean, it's, oh, and so it's, Dave uh, is a little lower on Fant. Yeah, 12. It's a, it's a great setup. It's absolutely great setup. You know, it's just a matter of, um, you know, Drew Locke connecting him. 16 targets last two weeks. It's just hard to overlook. Okay, and Dallas-Pittsburgh game might not be a great game for fantasy production. And we will preview that one extensively tomorrow. So I want to talk about credit card debt. I know this is something that a lot of people struggle with. So if you are dealing with that and if your rate is your interest rate is too high, please take a look at Lightstream. Go to lightstream.com slash FFT, L-I-G-H-T-S-T-R-E-A-M.com slash FFT. Get a special rate on what's already a great discounted rate. The average interest rate on credit card debt is over 18% APR. So have you looked at your interest rate lately? You can refinance your high interest rate credit card balances and save with a credit card consolidation loan from Lightstream. Rates start at 5.95% APR with auto pay and excellent credit. The rate is fixed, so it will never go up over the life of the loan. And there are no fees. There are no fees. You could do this all online. It's really easy. You can get a loan from $5,000 to $100,000 and get your money as soon as the day you apply. Lightstream believes that people with good credit deserve a better loan experience, and that's exactly what they deliver. All right, so we, we got this great rate from Lightstream. This can be extremely helpful for you. If you have good credit and, and you've got some credit card debt, take advantage of this. And if you go to our URL, lightstream.com slash FFT, you can save even more. You get an additional interest rate discount. The only way to get it is at lightstream.com slash FFT. Again, that's L-I-G-H-T. S-T-R-E-A-M.com slash F-F-T. Subject to credit approval, rates range from 5.95% APR to 19.99% APR and include a 0.5% auto pay discount. Lowest rate requires excellent credit. Terms and conditions apply and offers are subject to change without notice. Visit lightstream.com slash F-F-T for more information. We got more news and notes for you. Sammy Watkins, you know, I'm going to say a news item and Heath, you're going to give me a five second reaction. Here we go. Sammy, Sammy Watkins practiced. Hmm. <laughs> I think that's pretty good, right? Yeah. Is he worth uh, stashing? I don't really like depending on the depth of your league, but in a league where you only had five bench spots and three of them probably have injured players in them, probably not. Daryl Henderson will be back next week. No reaction needed there. Jonathan Taylor was limited in practice. He'll play, it seems. Matt, yeah, I think you're probably going to have to end up starting him. Yeah. Matt Breida missed practice, Heath. That is not going like it's not going to be very much fun if this is the Jordan Howard and Patrick Laird show. Kenyon Drake could be a game time decision. Hopefully, that decision is you're not playing. Philip Lindsay missed practice with a foot injury, so obviously it would be a big boost to Melvin Gordon if Lindsay jammed does not some play. Toes. Yes, he did jam some toes. Toe jam. 
Toe Jam. You ever play Toe Jam and Earl, guys? Uh-huh. Toe Jam and Earl, you ever play it? No. No. Never heard of it? It's no. Classic Sega game. Oh, my God. So fun. T.Y. Hilton, mispractice. Uh, Mark Ingram, mispractice. Troy Main Pope. Let's go to Jamie. Jamie, Troy Main Pope is in the concussion protocol. How much does his status affect your ranking of Justin Jackson? Not really. More probably impact Joshua Kelly. Okay. Yeah, I mentioned this on the waiver wire show. Justin Jackson has something like 17 targets in his last three games. The Raiders give up the third most receiving yard, second most receiving yards to running backs. Yeah, I like Justin Jackson a lot this week. Apparently, the Jaguars could throw the ball downfield more with Jake Luton. I think that makes sense. Wasn't exactly Gardner Minshew's forte. The Detroit, both Detroit starting offensive tackles mispractice. I mean, he's here. Why are you insulting him like that? (laughs) Sam Darnold had good results on his MRI. Jamison Crowder and Brashad Perryman are going to be questionable, and this could be good news for Damian Harris. Quinnen Williams has a hamstring injury. Jets defensive tackle Quinnen Williams. He's going to be questionable with a hamstring. Giants news. Because we have to, I guess. Golden Tate was not at practice. He's been angry. He wants the ball more. And he was at not at practice. And meanwhile, the Giants claimed Dante Pettis and Devontae well, Freeman. Not at practice. Practice. They sent him home. Yeah. Is that he what happened? Because I didn't know if they sent him home or if he he just was like, I'm not practicing. They sent him home. Uh, he's complaining about wanting the ball. His wife went on an Instagram rant and he apparently liked some tweet or something on social media saying that the Giants should release him. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I probably would. I, if I were Golden Tate, I would have liked that too. Calvin Ridley mispractice. I don't understand why they didn't trade him. For yeah, I don't, you can't just give a guy like that away. Couldn't get enough for him. I don't know how the contracts work, but he's got a lot of money in terms of. Does the trading? Does the team that acquires him take out all of the contract, or is there still some dead money? Right. I don't know, but he's got a lot of money left on his deal. It's a terrible deal. Terrible. He was supposed to be the anti-Odell Beckham. Yeah, terrible deal. He is in a lot of ways. <laughs> Calvin really missed practice. Mitchell Trubisky played one play last week, and he hurt his shoulder. And Jamal Adams practiced in full for the Seahawks. Remember, we had Jacob Gibbs uh, give us some stats on the show last week. We're going to have a, a special Jacob Gibbs episode of Fantasy Football Today in 5. It's going to air on Saturdays, and it's going to help you out with some prop bets. But he, he just wanted uh, he had this in there. And, of course, things change now that the entire 49ers receiving core is not playing, basically. But uh, the Packers are 29th overall in defensive DVOA, 25th against the pass. And Green Bay uses zone defense a lot. They're one of 10 teams that use zone defense over 70% of the time. And the gist of this statistic, which I wish was a little more interesting if Brandon Ayuk and Kendrick Bourne were playing, is that Nick Mullins is really good against zone defense, much better against zone than man. These are the types of stats that might might help you in DFS. They might help you with prop, prop bets and things like that. And we're going to have a featured episode on Fantasy Football Today and 5 that airs on Saturday. Let's do some 60-second rankings disputes. Let's start with David Montgomery. He's facing Tennessee. Last four games, the Titans have picked it up with their run defense. They're allowing 3.69 yards per carry to running backs, only 23.25 yards receiving per game to running backs. That's why I was a little nervous about Gio last week, and honestly, like he scored the two touchdowns. That was great, but his averages weren't very good. So now you got David Montgomery. Heath, you've got him top 12. And Jamie, you've got him just inside the top 24. Heath, you're the high guy on Montgomery. Go for it. 
Yeah. And it's the same. Like, I think we do a David Montgomery segment every single week and it's the same answer. He's projected for 18 plus touches and there's so few running backs. Like I can't start Ezekiel Elliott over David Montgomery. I don't expect Elliott to be more efficient than a Montgomery is when he's playing the Steelers and doesn't have a quarterback. Um, I assume at some point, and this is something that not, won't necessarily happen, full disclosure, when a guy's getting as many touches as David Montgomery is and he's not scoring any touchdowns, I assume at some point he's going to start scoring touchdowns. Sometimes guy go, guys go entire seasons and finish with 280 touches and four touchdowns, and I will just be wrong about that. But I... I don't think he's just going to have this miserable of a touchdown season all year long. And Jamie, you've got Dobbins and Justin Jackson and Jamichael Hasty, DeAndre Swift ahead of him, uh, ahead of David Montgomery. I mean, I, I Heath is right in everything that he said, but I've just seen enough of what David Montgomery is to know that he's just a borderline starter at best. It's hard to get 100 total yards from scrimmage and get five targets and end up with 11 PPR points. I mean, he he actually ran well last week, 21 carries for 89 yards. It wasn't bad against New Orleans, given what the Saints defense has been against running backs. But he's getting, I mean, just looking at his game log here, he's this is since Tariq Cohen has gone down. It's 17 touches, 23 touches, 19 touches, 23 touches. And it's just not, the production's not translating. So... I like David Montgomery. I've, I've, I've been excited about David Montgomery since he was drafted, but it's just, he is what he is. And until he starts to produce better fantasy production, it's hard to trust him. All right, 60 seconds on the Ravens running backs. Jamie, you have both Ravens running backs ahead of David Montgomery, actually. You have Dobbins top 16. You have Gus Edwards um, 23rd in PPR, 19th in non-PPR. Heath has Dobbins uh, 23rd and Edwards outside the top 24. So, Jamie, you're more optimistic on the Ravens guys at Indianapolis. And the Colts, by the way, are giving up, I think, the fewest fantasy points to running back, something like that. They've been very good. Fourth fewest, fourth fewest. Yeah, I mean, the Steelers are obviously great against the run, too. The, the Ravens just run on everybody, you know, so I'm not worried about the defense that they're facing. Um, you, you see what those guys were capable of doing last week, so I'm expecting double digits and carries again. I'm expecting Gus Edwards to keep, you know, his... Uh, amazing yards per carry, you know, just those legs just keep turning, you know, so uh, he's got a score, you know, that's clearly part of it, but um, he's not going to be in the passing involved in the passing game. Uh, Dobbins, I think is, is the, the higher upside play. Uh, if they are chasing points, I think that he'd be involved more involved in the passing game, but I just like the setup for the Ravens running backs against whoever they're playing at this point. Heath. Yeah, it's, it's just the combination of it is a very, very good run defense. And there's still a little bit of uncertainty depending on game script of who's going. I kind of expect if the Ravens are winning that it will be more Gus Edwards. And if they're trailing like they were in the second half against Pittsburgh, it will be more J.K. Dobbins. But neither of them are going to do a lot in the passing game. And so they've just got to be wildly efficient. And then you've got the whole Marquise Brown squeaky wheel thing. Are they going to throw it just a little? I mean, it seems like against this Colts defense, it's better to try to attack them with the pass than the run. But the Ravens haven't been able to attack anybody with the pass. So it's just, it's more uncertainty than not liking them. I do agree that Dobbins certainly has the most upside. I'm really excited for this game. See what the Colts have in them here because, and the Ravens for that matter. I mean, the Ravens have folded when they faced the best teams for the, you know, Two, you know, Steelers and the Chiefs. Are the Colts really one of those teams? They've had a very easy did schedule. They fold last week. Uh, well, no, they didn't. Lamar Jackson though did not play well. 
That's so. That's the narrative. He hasn't been very good and uh, against the top teams. So uh, I'm just interested to see because I want to see if the Colts are really in that upper echelon. They've they've just had a pretty easy schedule, and we'll see how good their defense is. And you know what, Jamie? I'm going to give you the bold prediction start of the week. It is the squeaky cricket, Marquise Brown, baby. I like it. I'm feeling it, man. The, the the Colts, their run defense has been great. Their pass defense, not so much. Give them the ball. Lamar Jackson's basically apologizing for not giving Marquise Brown the ball more. So that could be that could be a big one. And right, they've one, struggled one with receivers. I mean, I know yeah. their defense has been good, but you know when you've had guys throw at them, there's been success. How about this? In their last three games, this is your stat of the game. Colts have given up 88 yards or a touchdown to multiple wide receivers in each of their last three games. That would be Jarvis Landry and Cleveland's Higgins, then A.J. Green and Cincinnati's Higgins, and then the Marvins on Detroit, Marvin Jones and Marvin Hall. So that's 88 yards or a touchdown to two wide receivers in three straight games. I I, I want to suggest a, an amendment to the squeaky wheel. Um, squeaky cricket. Squeaky cricket. Maybe, maybe that's why it's a cricket and not a wheel. But I think it, like you have to have like – a hundred career catches or a thousand career receiving yards or 10 career receiving touchdowns before you get the, I'm going to demand the ball and everyone's going to listen to me and do it. Okay. But LeVar Jackson doesn't seem to think so. LeVar Jackson was like, my bad. So uh, I mean, well, I mean, Lamar Jackson's right. And Marquise Brown is right. Now you don't have to necessarily make that public. Yeah. But you know, he's, he's right. Like you can't sit here and, and say, all offseason, he's your number one guy, or he's a number one guy, and expect him to be put into that caliber of wide receivers and not feature him to some degree. And same thing with Mark Andrews. Like, you know, you have two potential premier playmakers. Andrews has proven it for one season. Marquise Brown has still has to prove it. Showcase them. Yeah. Okay, one Especially more in big games. One more 60 second rankings is beautiful. Unfortunately, Dave is not here because he's Super low on DJ Chark. He has him 41st in PPR. Jamie's got Chark 29th. Heath has him 19th. I'm going to be Dave and start this debate. DJ Chark against Houston. Here we go. It's Jake Luton. Heath, you've got him 19th. DJ Chark. Yeah, I mean, the Jacksonville is saying all the right things for the value of DJ Chark. That, and if you listen to Pete Prisco, who is as plugged in to Jacksonville as anyone... They seem to think that Jake Luton's a better downfield passer than Gardner Minshew. They seem excited to have somebody that will stand in the pocket and throw the ball downfield. That's DJ Chark. And you'd be hard to find a much better matchup to do it against. The Houston Texans are terrible defensively. So I, I've probably got him just a little bit too high, but he's a, like, I couldn't, I can't get Amari Cooper outside of my top 25 wide receivers in full PPR because there's not there that can. many you guys that want to put ahead of him. Drag, drag him down. <laughs> It's not that hard. <laughs> well, Heath, I have a question. Why do you have Scott Miller in your top 24? Do you know Scott Miller leads Tampa Bay in receiving yards? Why do you have Scott Miller in your top 24? <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't know that. That's actually really cool. Yes. But, you know, Antonio um, Brown. It, it's a it's a total, like, the, the flip side of that is I'm the guy that doesn't have Antonio Brown ranked. Okay, okay. So um, I just, I've got, I've got an Evans-Miller... Then Brown. When the week first started and the Jaguars were making the quarterback change, I had DJ Chark somewhere around 20. And then just looking at it, uh, there's obviously the wild card. Yes, they're saying all the right things about what Luton should be and what he should mean for a guy like DJ Chark. 
It would not surprise me if Chark has a good game. But then I went back and looked and what Bradley Roby did against DJ Chark. He shadowed him in the game when they met earlier this season. He held him to three catches for 16 yards. So the tough matchup, it is the best cornerback for the Texans. He's had an up and down season. He's been battling injuries in terms of Roby. He's back this week coming off their bye week. So I'd like to take a wait and see approach on DJ Chark if I can. So I think he's better suited as a number three receiver. Um, but I would start him over Mark Cooper, for example. Okay, that's good stuff. Startometer, and actually the first game, so these are the last three games we're going to preview, just in case you can't listen to the entire four-hour episode. Uh, the last three games are going to be Jacksonville-Houston, Seattle-Buffalo, Jets-Patriots. So we'll do the startometer for players in that game. And also, if you don't have time to listen to everything, you want to hear a game preview, skip around, check out the time codes I put in the episode descriptions every uh, every show. I have a time code for each game. Uh, those should be helpful for you if you just want to skip around. David Johnson, 0-10. to 10. David Johnson against Jacksonville. 10. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty much starting him. He's Miles Jack is playing, but I don't care. Yeah. Will Fuller, Brandon Cooks? Yep. 10 and 9. Houston tight end? One I'd will rather, be good. Yeah, I'd rather <laughs> not. James Robinson? 10. Ten. Robinson or David Johnson? Robinson. Robinson. Didn't the start meter usually like guys that we might not want to start? Yeah, it's just I'm trying to knock out everybody in the game so everybody so the listeners aren't left to wonder. Deshaun uh, Watson's a 10 also. Yeah, I didn't put him in there. <laughs> LaVisca Chenault. Four. Yeah. I'm I'm encouraged. I like I I think, you know, this is one of those scenarios where, you know, you, you just kind of hope that not that Minchie was bad. But you hope that Luton comes in and he can make these guys a little bit better. DJ Dallas. We'll go to the Seattle game. DJ Dallas. Who's playing? And if Carson is out, zero of Carson plays. Your confidence. I see some people suggesting uh, that maybe Alex Collins. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I, I So I'm just concerned that Travis Homer is going to play ahead of him. And this, like, I understood last week when you were saying this, kind of. Travis Homer is not somebody who's like ever done things. Well, neither is DJ, DJ Dallas. Dallas. They drafted, but I just they drafted Travis Homer too. I just think that right. Homer was ahead of Dallas on the depth chart before the injuries. To but he was ahead in like I I don't and this could be wrong. I didn't ever think there was a chance that Travis Homer was like a lead running back. I could see him taking over that role in the passing game possibly and hurting Dallas in that way. Well, I don't okay. think he's going to be the early downs back. Uh, I think, Adam, if you want a good example of Travis Homer, go back to last year. I was about to do Carson, that. When Carson yeah. and uh, Rashad Penny were hurt. And in the emergency situation, it was Travis Homer. And then they bring in Marshawn Lynch, and Travis Homer wasn't used the same way. But I think in Week 17, they both played, and Homer had 10, 10 carries and 5 catches. So that's why I, I'm not sure that I'm, I'm not saying it very that well could he would be. start I mean, they're, Homer. They're, I'm saying maybe he splits with DJ Dallas. Maybe he gets yes. a passing role. That's there, why I'm nervous. Obviously some, some concern that DJ Dallas is not somebody that they want to give 23 touches to, but you just have to go based on the most recent example that we have where they did give him that opportunity that I also think if you're the Seahawks, you probably have to make a decision pretty soon. If I'm not mistaken, I'm playing Chris Carson. So you want to see what you have in, in DJ Dallas, if he can maybe be your lead running back. So if he struggles in the game, then maybe you turn to Travis Homer. But, you know, he did what we talk about. What are the things that we like from a running back? Work at the goal line. Work in the passing game. 
Well, he was, the, he, he was the only, week. yeah, he got every touch. I, I'm just saying, basically, I'm just saying, like, I'm concerned that if Homer, Homer was not healthy, he was active, he was not healthy last week. He's still on injury report, too, for what it's worth. Okay. I'm just, I'm just not convinced that DJ Dallas is going to get that same workload. If he does, he's going to be freaking awesome. But I'm just, you know, I don't know. I guess it's just me. We shall see. Uh, Seattle tight end. Let's go real quicker. Seattle tight end. Any interest? Bill's been horrible against tight ends. No interest in starting, no, unless you're desperate. Okay. To the Bills. Zach Moss, 0 to 10. 3. Uh, 7 in non-PPR. 5 in PPR. Cole Beasley or John Brown, who would you rather start? Cole Beasley. Yeah, Beasley's a 5. Brown's a 2. Okay, Patriots game. Cam Newton at the Jets. Seven. Five. Damian Harris. Ten in non-PPR and six in PPR. Yeah. James White. No. No. Jacoby Myers. Two. Three. That's depressing. I think I'm going to be starting a lot of Jacoby Myers this week. Any Jets player. Crowder, if he plays. I think P. Ryan is like a three. And I hope Crowder so. is like an eight. I'd love to see P. Ryan have a big game, but it's just so hard to trust. They're so bad. <laughs> they really are so bad. Terrible. It's amazing that the Patriots, what are they, two and five? Three. Yes. Yeah. They're two and five, and they're seven and a half point favorites on the road. The Jets have scored like 28. No. Hold on. I ha- I have to look this up. The Jets have scored in their last four games. Oh, please find this damn stat. Um, well, while you're looking it up, I'll tell you 29 this. points in their last four games. Dalvin Cook against the Packers in two games and Devontae Adams against the Vikings in two games. The total touchdowns for each guy individually is nearly the amount of touchdowns the Jets have on the season. <laughs> All right, enough crapping on the Jets. Let's talk about a good game. Baltimore at Indianapolis. The stat of the game was about the Colts struggling against wide receivers. 88 yards or a touchdown to multiple wide receivers in three straight games. Where do you have Marquise Brown ranked? He is top 20 and continuing to rise for me in non-PPR and uh, just outside the top 20 in in PPR season. Yeah, I've got him 24 in non and 29 in full. When you look at this game, you see the Colts are fifth fifth in points per game defensively. Ravens are second. These appear to be two good defenses. I'm pretty confident in saying that about the Ravens. Again, the Colts have had a pretty easy schedule. Uh, Heath, you know, when you look at over under and projected point total and stuff like that, I mean, is this a game that that you that maybe we should avoid in some sense? Well, like. The hard thing is, and it's kind of the the product of just like where we are in the season right now with all of these injuries. Um, it, I don't think you really can avoid healthy players with a pretty good idea of what the volume is going to be, yeah. regardless of anything else. It's it, the things have changed a lot for this fantasy football season, and if if you have a role where you're going to get the ball 15 times or you're going to see seven targets. And we have a proven track record of like how good you are, then we're probably just going to start you. But are there a lot of those guys in this particular game? That's the question because the Colts receiving core right now is probably one you can completely avoid. Oh, true. So that's easy. 
the tight ends are a disaster because one guy could be better than the next, and we just don't know which of the three that could be. That's easy. The running back situation for the Colts is now very much in flux. So going against a good run defense, if not a great run defense. So whereas Jonathan Taylor prior to last week would have said, I don't care who they're playing. That that offensive line is fantastic, and he's going to be a monster. Is that the case? So do you have Dobbins and Edwards ahead of Jonathan Taylor? I do. Do you, Heath? I mean, no, I've got it. I've got it. Taylor Dobbins Edwards. Yeah. I mean, look, uh, it'd be nice if Jordan Wilkins, who popped up on the injury report this week, doesn't play to make it easier for you. But if he's struggling in a game where they're playing well and winning against the Lions, and now he struggles against the Ravens and does something wrong, they may just turn to the veteran for the entire game. I mean, we just don't know. And so, like, like you said, Heath, uh, you may have to start Jonathan Taylor. You may want to just avoid it altogether, you know. So it's it's a very touchy situation, I think, you know. And uh, look, I believe Ryan Kelly didn't play in that game last week against the the Lions, their center. Um, if he did, he wasn't 100 percent because I know he's on the injury report going into the game. So that's a big piece to this offensive line and what they need. Uh, but it didn't impact Wilkins as much as maybe it impacted Taylor. I just think this is a tough defense. For a guy who uh, is not coming off a strong game and may not still be their feature guy, he could still get the first carry, but I'm nervous about Jonathan Taylor. And then you go to the other side of this game, and obviously it's hard to get away from Lamar Jackson. It's hard to get away from Mark Andrews, and we're hopeful for Marquise Brown. But, I mean, you know, Heath, you haven't ranked this way, and I'm sure a lot of people feel the same way. It's like, which running back is going to be good? What happens if Edwards doesn't score? What happens if, you know, Dobbins is not – you know, playing significantly more than, than Edwards and both guys don't catch any passes. It could be a very frustrating situation. Yeah. Well, let me, we'll get back to Jackson. Let's stay on the running backs. Let me ask you this. Would you rather start in a PPR league? Would you rather start Marquise Brown or one of these running backs? I would start Marquise Brown for sure over Edwards, for sure over Taylor. Dobbins is, is the close one, but I think it probably makes more sense to start him over Dobbins. Yeah, I think I would start Marquise Brown over over not over Taylor or Dobbins, but over Edwards and the rest. The Colts, 3.26 yards per carry to running backs. That's what they're giving up. I mean, they have a really good run defense. And they've faced James Robinson and Kareem Hunt and Joe Mixon. And I think uh, Dalvin, Dalvin Cook, Cook. Dalvin Cook, he had a decent game. Dalvin Cook had 14 carries, 63 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, there's only Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt with 72 yards on 20 carries. Okay, that's a great run. That They run on everyone, too. 72 yards on 20 carries, obviously not great. That's the most rushing yards for any running back against the Colts this year. The Steelers, though, How were also teams, great. How many had a running quarterback? I don't know if any of them did. Minshew was probably the closest. Yeah. So, right, I, I know it's really hard to sit Ravens running backs. They're just so good. <clears throat> and uh, for Lamar Jackson, you said it's hard to get away from him, but he's not a top-five quarterback. He's about eighth or ninth in the rankings this week for all three of you guys. So the Colts allow the fewest fantasy points to quarterbacks, but this will be a steep, you know, stiff test for them, I guess. So misleading, though. It is, it is. But, uh, you know, you, you have to believe they have a good defense, right? For sure. Yeah. For sure. It, it's one of these things that we, you know, I, I speak for myself. You, I fall into this trap all the time of there's good defensive players on that side of the ball. There's a good scheme. There's a good, uh, you know, uh, track record of what they've done. But like in terms of the teams that they faced, specifically the quarterbacks, 
Minshew in week one, who played well against them. Yeah. Kirk Cousins. I don't know if it was Sam Darnold or Joe Flacco, but it doesn't matter. Darnold. It was uh, Nick Foles, Baker Mayfield, Joe Burrow, Matthew Stafford. Like, that's the group, and Stafford played well against them. Yeah, 28 fantasy points. It's not about the fantasy points, though. He, like, he played well. Yeah, 336 yards, three right. touchdowns. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yep, okay. And Burrow played well. Burrow actually had a good game against him. He just didn't have touchdowns. Like, Burrow marched them up and down the field that entire game. Yeah, and Jackson's obviously rushing for 50 yards every game but one. So, all right, but... You're Herbert over Jackson? You have to at this point. Like, I, I wouldn't shock, shock me if Jackson's better. Pete said this, uh, Heath, you were on with him yesterday, that this is the game where Jackson should get going as a passer because there's opportunities there. If Marquise Brown can have, let's say, north of 80 yards in a touchdown and Mark Andrews can find the end zone, I mean, we could be talking about a 250 to 280-yard game for, for Lamar Jackson, which is rare. And then you factor on the 50 rushing yards. You know, if he doesn't turn the ball over, he's going to be a top-five quarterback. Okay, so this I'll wrap it up and say that these guys like Lamar Jackson as a top nine guy. He's eighth or ninth in the rankings. They do not have players like Derek Carr, Ryan Tannehill, Drew Brees, Cam Newton ahead of. He's ahead of that group, but he's behind the ones that are becoming absolute must starts. You know, Mahomes, Wilson, Josh Allen this week against Seattle, Kyler, Watson, Rogers, Herbert, and then Brady and Jackson are back to back for Heath and Jamie. Heath has Jackson. One spot ahead of Brady. Jamie has Brady one spot ahead of Jackson. And that's pretty much it for this game. The DSTs, I'm assuming, are uh, in play here. I'm hoping for people that have been a little bit disappointed with the Ravens DST that this is the Phillip Rivers game that he turns into Phillip Rivers. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. You're right, but I'm not going to start the Colts DST, would you? You guys have them seventh, actually. Okay, that's I moved me. them down. I don't okay. know what where. Yeah, I, I think I've got them closer to twelve. Right now, again, the, the the other side of that is Lamar Jackson's turned the ball over in some of these big games last week in particular. So it wouldn't surprise me if he has you know one of those games as well. Okay, I've got him fourteenth. Yeah, Jamie has him tenth. I think so. Split so about twelfth for the Colts. Now let's go to this game: Chicago at Tennessee. You are talking about five and two Tennessee, five and three Chicago team. Both are coming off two straight losses. The Bears have been one of the worst offenses in football. The Titans, one of the best. The Bears have been one of the best defenses in football. The Titans, I don't know, not one of the worst necessarily, but not good. They can't rush the passer. They they cannot rush the passer. They cannot rush the passer, but the secondary got better this week. Why? Because they traded for a guy that like nobody wanted, or. They, I don't think they traded for a guy nobody wanted. I think they got a steal of a trade for a guy that's a former Pro Bowler. Who did they trade for again? Desmond King? Desmond King, right. So he had fallen completely out of favor. I don't know. It reminds me a little bit of like Haha Clinton Dix coming over and not really doing much for, was it Dallas? But okay, maybe. But Heath, you said he's not going to play this week? I don't think you, anybody that was traded at the deadline can play this week. Well, he was not traded at the deadline. He was traded Monday. So I think he Possible. can't play. You know, the only players that I think would have been able to be traded on Tuesday and play on Sunday were ones that had tested positive for COVID because they would not have had to go through all the protocols. Kind of strange thing to, to say. Chicago at Tennessee is the game. Your stat of the game is this. There have been four tight ends with six to eight targets against the Titans. All four of them had either 50 yards or a touchdown. Start or sit, Jimmy Graham. 
I mean, he is what he is. He's a low end starter. If you're stuck, you start him. If you can get somebody better, you play somebody better. Like Ross Dwelly's in a better spot, in my opinion, than Jimmy Graham. Yeah, if Jordan reads out, I'd definitely start Ross Dwelly. I did just look. Um, Vrabel said there is a chance Desmond King can play if everything goes perfectly, but the earliest he could be in the building is Saturday. Okay. Nick Foles is around 20th. The Titans give up the eighth most fantasy points. The, the thing about this game is the Bears, believe it or not, they throw the ball a ton. They throw about almost 40 times a game. And the Titans see the second most pass attempts in, in the NFL. The only team that gets thrown on more than the Titans in terms of attempts is the Seahawks. So you should expect, based on the averages, about 40 pass attempts for Nick Foles. And you never know what can happen with that. We already debated David Montgomery. Jamie's got him as a low-end number two. Heath has him around 12th overall. You can hear that. 60-second rankings disputes if you want to rewind and hear David Montgomery. Start Allen Robinson. And then this uh, on Darnell Mooney. In six straight games... The Titans have now allowed 78 or more yards or a touchdown to multiple wide receivers. It's like they've been horrible against wide receivers. Darnell Mooney, guys, just kind of a, maybe that's a DFS thing. It's a boomer bust flex. Um, he's getting the deep targets. It's just Nick Foles is not very good at throwing deep balls. You you said you're playing Jacoby Myers in a lot of leagues. That's the type of scenario you should be looking at, Darnell Mooney. Yep. You'd rather play Mooney than Myers? I would rather play Myers than Mooney. Okay. Um, like I had to, um, and you guys can go pick him up if you'd like, if he's still available. I had to make a tough call to drop Darnell Mooney in our RDP league, which has 27 roster spots. Ooh, um, this is, I'm going to get you back uh, for Van Der Esch. Because of my second running back situation. My first running back is yay, Jonathan Taylor and Jordan Wilkins. Um, uh, but with Kareem Hunt and Daryl Henderson on a buy, I had to make a, a transaction to pick up Tyler Irvin. And so that was the guy that I cut. I don't even know if I got Jacoby Myers in this league, but wouldn't it be funny if I dropped Jacoby Myers to pick up Darnell Mooney? But I wouldn't do that because you told me not to do it. And I didn't get Jacoby Myers anyway. What a shame. Okay, back to the game here. So that's the Bears. Let's go to the Titans. Ryan Tannehill. I went back, I looked at last year and this year. Opponents he faced that either last season finished top 10 against quarterbacks or this year are currently top 10 against quarterbacks. Hasn't really been great. So you're looking at 22 points last year against the Chargers, seven points at New England in the playoffs. He only threw 15 passes. And then 22 points at Baltimore. He threw 14 passes. This year, faced the Steelers, scored 20 fantasy points. So that's four starts last year and this year against top 10 teams against quarterbacks. And he scored 22, 7, 22, and 20 fantasy points. However, in two of those games, he had 15, 14 pass attempts. So hard to judge him there. This team, the Bears, are second against quarterbacks. So long-winded way of asking, guys. Start or sit Ryan Tannehill. I think part of the reason they may be second is even the games they were winning earlier in the year, a lot of times they were behind for the whole second half, and then they just came back and, and snatched victory from the jaws of defeat. And so I don't know that the pass attempts have been very high against the Bears. Tannehill is a borderline starter. I, I don't love it but he's just inside my top 12 or just outside my top 12, depending on my mood. He is. Uh, so there's two things here at play, <laughs> my in my mood. opinion. Um, you, you sort of outlined a little bit, Adam, what he does against some tougher matchups. Um, his last two games, he's been right at 20 fantasy points. I think 21 and 20, uh, 20 and then 21 in his last two games. Those are the two games without Taylor Lewan, one against the Steelers. Uh, but the game last week, you know, again, you want to factor in the weather, how much that played into it against Cincinnati, but still. Um, 
Then you take into account the Bears and their last two games are the only two games they've allowed multiple touchdowns to quarterbacks with Jared Goff and Drew Brees. So I think Tannehill is going to be right around the same production-wise that he's been. Maybe he gets to 22 or 23 points. Maybe he goes down to 18. So uh, I have Tannehill in two leagues. I'm starting him over Drew Brees if there is no Michael Thomas. And I am starting him over – I was going to start Stafford. So that's kind of where I am as a Tannehill fantasy manager. You were were going to start Stafford over him. I was going to start Stafford over him even without Gallaudet, yes. Okay, yeah, because of the Minnesota matchup. So if Stafford ends up playing, you you might go back to Stafford over Tannehill. I will go back to Stafford over Tannehill. Yes. Okay, how about uh, Tannehill or Derek Carr? Carr, Carr. Tannehill. The one or- I struggle with honestly is Tannehill and and Roethlisberger. Oh, because matchup to matchup, it's there's no no doubt yeah. it's Roethlisberger. Attempts maybe the same. <laughs> you know, it wouldn't be surprising if the attempts are the same. But I think you know, you look this this could be a game where the Steelers defense doesn't do uh doesn't allow Dallas to do anything. And as you know, Keith alluded to, it, it could be a very, very minimal production for Big Ben. Well, and like that's the thing against the Cowboys that's so weird. As bad as they've been and as bad as they've getting been getting crushed, three straight games, a quarterback has not thrown for even 200 yards against them. Been only once, like five straight games has been 220 yards or fewer. Like, right. The outlier is uh, uh, Kyler Murray because of his rushing production in terms yep. of the fantasy point. Yeah, I looked at the same thing. I, I, I originally, when I was doing start set, I was like, oh, Ben's he's top 10 guy. You know, and there's no doubt about it. And then I was like, well, okay, that guy didn't throw a lot. That guy didn't do much. This guy didn't do much. They just don't. This, this If you're a James Conner fantasy manager, you should be thrilled about this. And I wouldn't be surprised if Benny Snell is a good game too. Quick yep. uh, couple injury updates here. Miles Gaskin is on IR. Matt Breida has a chance to play, according Did to Brian Did they put Flores. him on IR? Yes. Miles Gaskin on IR. Now go make a roster move. Okay, uh, back to this game. So start Derrick Henry, start A.J. Brown. Why so high on Corey Davis? The two of you have Corey Davis as a top, as of yesterday afternoon, a top 17 wide receiver. This, I moved him down. Oh, you did? Okay. Second fewest fantasy points allowed to wide receivers, I believe. Um we know, yeah, and and I was not sure they were actually good against wide receivers because they kept missing. Like Julio Jones didn't play, and Kenny Galladay didn't play, and they just didn't play a lot of really good receivers. And then they did great against the Rams, for what that's worth, and pretty then well. They, but then they missed Michael Thomas and Emmanuel. Yeah, Sanders. always they keep missing these great players. But we know this. We know they have a good defense. We know they do. I'd be nervous about AJ Brown and Corey Davis. <laughs> So, you know, uh, Heath, I guess you're still then the, the high guy on Corey Davis. Yeah, and it's just like he has – it's not just been that the fantasy production has been there. He has – in the games he's played this season, he has looked more like a very good wide receiver. And there's it's been quite often teams can just try to take A.J. Brown away if they want to, and Ryan Tannehill is just going to throw to Corey Davis more than A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown's good enough that he'll just make one big play and, and be good for the week in fantasy anyway. But I would anticipate the Bears are still going to do their best to take away A.J. Brown, and that's going to open things up for Corey Davis again. Okay. And Jamie's got him more as like a borderline 2-3 wide receiver. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to buy into the defense. I'm going to buy into the fact that I don't think Ryan Tannehill is going to have a great game. So I trust A.J. Brown more than I trust Corey Davis, even though that may not be accurate based on the numbers. But I still think the talent matters there. And so Corey Davis, to me, is not a slam dunk play this week. Starter says John U. Smith. Start by default. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm said like I would rather start Ross Dwelly. Um, 
I, I'm mostly sitting him, and I don't feel comfortable with it because there could be a Johnny Smith game coming. But the, the the volume when Davis and I guess the Adam Humphreys could could kind of make things a little easier for him if he's not playing. Okay, and this is wild. Heath has the Titans as his number two DST. Everybody's got him thirteenth or higher. Heath's got the Titans. I think Nick Foles two. has been so lucky. Like even and he's been bad. Yeah. But even last week, he had like three interceptions dropped. He's, he's so horrible. I, he he has been absolutely terrible. And so the the Titans defense has been pretty terrible a lot of times this year, but I like their chances quite a bit of getting a big play against Foles. Oh, I if they can what? get to him, it's going to be a bad game for him. Yeah, yeah. The uh, Nick Foles has been sacked nine times in his last two games. That is more than the Titans have for the entire season. It's, it's the seven. entirety of the game. It's really the entirety of the game. If they can, can somehow find pressure, which you would think that they could against him and this offensive line, then he's ranking maybe low. If they can't, then he could probably have a decent game. It wouldn't surprise me. Okay, I'm sorry. I, I wanted to give one more stat, and then we got to move on. We're taking way too much time here. I apologize, but. Ryan Tannehill, since becoming the starter for the Titans, here are his home road splits. At home, 13 touch... uh, That was last year, sorry. So in total, 27 touchdowns, three interceptions at home. On the road, 12 touchdowns, six interceptions. So maybe that makes you a little more optimistic about Corey Davis or John Smith. 27 touchdowns, three interceptions at home in two seasons with Tennessee as a starting quarterback. Moving on, Carolina at Kansas City. We could probably do this game pretty quickly, but big injury. Carolina rookie safety Jeremy Chin, who Panthers.com referred to as, quote, star rookie safety. Uh, he has been, he's missing practice with a knee injury. Keep an eye on him, but they're probably getting Rasul Douglas starting cornerback back this week. Sit Teddy Bridgewater, I assume. He's a, like a little, he's around the Nick Foles area. And, if Christian McCaffrey plays, he's a must start. If Christian McCaffrey doesn't play, starter sit Mike Davis. Start him. Start. Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore. Why would you even say that McCaffrey doesn't play? Why would you put that out there? <laughs> Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore are both top 21 wide receivers. What's your confidence level in them? The Chiefs have only allowed more than 20 points one time this season. That was the game against Las Vegas. Other than that, 20 or fewer points every week. So talk to me about the Panthers wide receivers. Must start, guys. I mean, it's hard to get away from them. I know the matchup's not good, but, you know, still, Robbie Anderson, clearly better in PPR than non-PPR. Um, touchdowns haven't been there for him. I can't imagine that uh, what the Panthers <laughs> did last week is going to be replicated because why would you go away from DJ Moore as much as they did? It was just not smart. So I know you said this, and, and you're right, that they didn't have the ball very much and, and the attempts were down for Bridgewater. But uh game where they're most likely chasing points, um, I think those guys are going to be heavily involved. Cool. Patrick Mahomes is number one. We'll get to the Chiefs running backs. We'll finish with them. Tyreek Hill is top 10. Travis Kelsey start him. Chiefs DST is top six. Do you like any other Kansas City wide receiver against a team that is giving up the fifth fewest fantasy points to wide receivers? Are you interested in Hardman or Robinson or Watkins if he plays? Hardman's like at the that 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 Mooney. Myers group we've talked about Hardman is like one level above that for me or or if you want to say he's on that level then he's at the very the very start of that group he's a, a boom bust number three or flex he is the FOMO he is the absolute FOMO player that you're going to find because the minute you don't play him <laughs> he does what he did last week all right guys we got a Panthers team 
That allows the fourth most fantasy points to running backs, the third most receiving yards per game to running backs. What are we doing with the Chiefs, guys? Heath, first word. I'm starting Clyde Edwards-Alaire as a number two running back, and Le'Veon Bell is kind of a, a just a hope, a boom-bust flex. Um, I don't... Listen, last week the touches were even. Bell produced seven yards on six carries. I am not expecting the touches to be even again, but if they are, you may feel bad starting both of them. Would you start Jonathan Taylor, Ravens running back, Clyde Edwards-Alaire? I would go with Clyde Edwards-Alaire over all of them. Jamie? Yeah, same. I feel like this is a breakout game coming for Edwards-Alaire. I have a feeling, and it just makes me a little bit nervous about where I have the Chiefs ranked. Like, the Panthers kind of take the playbook of, let's not attack Patrick Mahomes. Let's let them run and see what happens, because that's been the game plan. You know, I mean, the two teams that have pressured Patrick Mahomes, the Ravens and the Jets, which is what they do, he lit them up. And so... I'm not benching Mahomes. I'm not benching Tyreek Hill. I'm not benching Travis Kelsey, but uh, would not be surprised if this is uh, you can run on us. Go ahead, but we're not going to let you beat us, you know, with the downfield throws. So uh, would you start Jermichael Hasty or Clyde? The only guys of the non-obvious ones I would start over Clyde Edwards-Hilaire would be DJ Dallas if he's the guy there, James Robinson, Chase Edmonds. And then if McCaffrey doesn't play, Mike Davis. Yeah, the only one I might add to that, and it's still really up in the air, but I might start Leonard Fournette in full PPR over him. That's a good one. I would also say in non-PPR, I would start Damien Harris over Edward Solaire. Wow. Okay. All right, let's go to Vegas and the Chargers. This is a pick em. This is important because here are Josh Jacobs' carries in their four wins. 25, 27, 23, and 31. In their three losses, 16, 15, and 10 carries for Josh Jacobs. A- so what, yeah. is, what is his carries in games where they're down three touchdowns through three quarters, <laughs> and then they win the game by, when they're down 16 points or more in three quarters, and then they win the game by field goal in the fourth quarter? Because that's a Chargers game in a nutshell. Yeah, I don't know. I, well, I'll tell you. I'll tell you next week. Uh, so... You're, are you confident in him? A running back has scored 11 or more non-PPR points and 15 or more PPR points in five straight games against the Chargers. Is he just a must-start, Josh Jacobs? Oh, yeah, he's top 10. I have uh, I have one league where I'm struggling with Josh Jacobs and James Robinson. I have Robinson ranked higher. I'm going to play Robinson. But uh, I think it's our magazine league where, like, finally the stars have aligned and I have all my running backs healthy, and now Edmonds is the is the guy for the Cardinals. Um, I'd love for a lot of people to be in the situation where you can afford to bench a Josh Jacobs, but um, you're playing Josh Jacobs. Dave is pretty high on Justin Jackson as we look at the other side here, the other running backs. Oh, you moved them up. Okay, you're, you've got him 16th. He's top 15 for me. Okay, and Heath, Justin Jackson, not in your top 24? Is he in the PPR? Thing that scares me, and, and if you told me for sure that Troy Main Pope was out, it'd be different. Um, but there was a stretch in this game before Pope got dinged up that like they just kind of benched everybody. Yeah. And yeah. so I've kind of projected a, a split. Um, and I don't, I don't really feel comfortable with ranking the chargers running backs at all. I don't to three weeks ago, we saw 20 touches from Justin Jackson. They had a buy and it was all Joshua Kelly last week. It was Troy mean, Troy main Pope in the middle of the game. It was Kelly at the start and it was Jackson at the end. 
Okay. If it's Pope a very, is, if very, Pope is out very, there. Yeah. Very valid concern if they're all there. Very valid concern. Right. I think Pope is going to play over Kelly. So that's the way I'm looking at it. That Jackson, uh, I don't know what the deal was with the game after their bye week because it was against Jacksonville and it seemed as if he was set up to be their guy, but all week long he battled a knee injury. Right. And I just wonder how much that played into it. And then he was off the injury report last week and he led them in carries again. You can't watch these guys play. And you know, I was a Joshua Kelly guy coming into the year. You can't watch these guys play. And that's including Pope and say that Kelly is better than any of them. So at this point, like if you're the chargers, why would you even put Kelly out there? If everybody's healthy, let him be the third guy in case you need him. Would you guys start Justin Herbert or Josh Allen this week? Herbert. I would start Josh Allen, but it's really, really close. They're both in my top six. So prior to last week's game in the wind where, you know, again, throw that out for Baker Mayfield, uh, the Raiders had allowed 997 passing yards to three quarterbacks uh, that they faced. I don't remember their names, but I do know that it was 11 total touchdowns and a rushing touchdown in all three games. So Herbert runs a little bit. I think he'll throw very well. Track record speaks for itself. Um, I'm not benching Justin Herbert unless your name is Watson Kelly, Watson Kyler, uh, Mahomes, or Russell. Those three quarterbacks that torched the Raiders were Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, and Tom Brady. And Herbert is honestly like in that conversation, not with Mahomes, but man, he's been so good. Okay, Derek Carr, though. Derek Carr is a borderline top 12, so I'm guessing Carr over Roethlisberger. Yep. Yes. If Stafford plays, Carr or Stafford? I'd go Carr. I would go Carr as well. Carr or Cam? Carr. I have Cam one spot higher, but I have no problem if somebody wants to play Carr ahead of me. Chargers allow the third most fantasy points to quarterbacks. The funny thing is seventh fewest yards per attempt. They just they are in shootouts all the time. They see the third most pass attempts per game in the NFL, hoping for a lot of points in this game. Start Josh Jacobs, Nelson Aguilar, or Mike Williams. Who do you think is the best fourth quarter coach in the NFL right now? Uh, besides Anthony Lynn, Dan no, Quinn, Dan Quinn, <laughs> Dan Quinn is the best fourth quarter coach. No, yeah, no. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Pete Carroll. I have no idea how to answer this question. Well, Bill Belichick. I mean, Bill Belichick is the best blank coach. If I period. handed you a lead right now and you said, I want this coach to protect it, who would it be? Belichick. Yeah. Yeah. They should just, you know, get Anthony Lynn for three quarters. And Belichick. <laughs> Good for luck. Quarter. That's, how, that's, that's what I would do. All right, so who's the second best wide receiver in this game? Is it Aguilar or Mike Williams or someone else? Um, I'm going to take a chance on Hunter Renfro again Ooh. from the standpoint of they just moved their slot corner. And he has a pretty consistent track record of prior to last week, three of his previous four games, he had at least six targets. So I wouldn't be surprised if Renfro has another good game. Yeah, I would say um, Keenan Allen, ginormous gap, then Hunter Renfro, small gap, then Mike Williams for me. Okay. I have Williams ranked higher because it's more of the what the ceiling is because the ceiling for Mike Williams is better than Hunter Renfro. But it wouldn't shock me if Renfro is the best Raiders receiver again. And I do have Williams ranked higher in non-PPR. Um, I just, the whole Aguilar thing, and it, I could look silly this week, but I was skeptical of it last week and... Yeah, it was a wind game, but I, I just need to see more before I'm actually believing that Nelson Aguilar is a number one wide receiver for an NFL team. Totally understandable. Start Darren Waller. 
And what about Hunter Henry? He's fifth for Dave. Dave's higher on him. He does lead the team with three targets inside the 10-yard line. That's not a, a high number, though. Uh, so, like, this is not a tough matchup, but this guy, Hunter Henry, has 23 to 39 yards four games in a row. So are there any streamers that you'd start over him? Ebron, like, e- e- would you start Ebron over him? I would, I would start, start whoever Ebron starts over. for the 49ers tonight over him. I'm not with you, but I could certainly see people doing it. But I, I look, I mean, Hunter Henry's so talented. It's just the production's not there. It's it's like Dave Montgomery. You know, it's like you're expecting quality <laughs> production from a good player, and it just doesn't happen. And, like, there were only four targets last week, but the two weeks before, like, in four of his six games, he's got at least seven targets. Four of his seven games, at least five of his seven. Even better. You know, Jamie, not to get too sidetracked here, but I'm not sure everybody agrees with you that Dave Montgomery is a good player. Uh, you know. I think he leads the NFL in broken tackles. I give him the benefit of the doubt. Okay. Okay, Houston at Jacksonville. Look, three games left, 10 minutes. Let's do this. Houston won the first meeting 30-14. to 14. Let's start. Sean Watson, top Start four. all your Texans. David That's Johnson, top 12. Start all your Texans, except for the tight ends. Um, James Robinson is top seven. Okay, I can't really argue with that. It's a great matchup. Running back has scored His 15 or more. His worst game of the season was against the Texans. Yeah, hmm. bad game. A running back has scored 15 or more PPR fantasy points against Houston in six of seven games. James Robinson is the only exception. The but we'll only go like I, I'm starting James Robinson everywhere, and I don't want to discourage any. The one thing I want to see, if this Jake Luton thing is actually going to happen for the rest of the year, um if he's really throwing downfield as much, what does that mean to Robinson's targets? Because he's been very involved in the passing game with Minshew, and that could be a little ding for him in PPR. But I'm not downgrading him for it right now. Okay. Better flex, DJ Chark or David or David uh, Johnson? Johnson. David David Johnson's the top 12 right now. Yeah, okay. I, I'm, I, I don't... There's nothing else to say about this game. We already debated DJ Chark. That is honestly it. I mean, Keelan Cole, Chenault, they're just flyers, right? Dark throws, yeah. Cole's a snake. I, I kind of like Cole a little bit as a number three. Would you start him over, say, Jacoby Myers or Darnell Mooney? I, I would. I would. I would start both the Jacksonville receivers over those guys. Both being Chenault and, and Cole? All three of the Jacksonville wide receivers. Yeah, yeah. No, I knew you I knew you liked Shark yeah. better, obviously. Okay, that's it. Houston DST is 11th for Jamie, 20th for Dave, 8th for Heath. Uh, again, that might be outdated by now, but that's that game. Seattle at Buffalo. Stat of the game, number one. Well, it's easy for the Seahawks. For the Bills, how about this? In their last three games... Well, actually, this is a DJ Dallas stat. In their last three games, the Bills allowed 161 rushing yards to Clyde Edwards-Elair, combined 100 rushing yards to Frank Gore and the Michael Pirine, and then 102 yards to Damian Harris. They've given up five rushing touchdowns to running backs in their last four games. That is why... Jamie and Heath are so excited about DJ Dallas if he gets that opportunity. Stat of the game number two, give you a little bit more confidence maybe in Josh Allen. Yeah, the Seahawks, obviously you can throw on them. How about mobile quarterbacks, though? Cam yeah. Newton, 47 yards, two touchdowns. Dak Prescott, only 26 rushing yards. He wasn't. He's not quite the same rusher as the other guys. Ryan Fitzpatrick, 47 yards and a touchdown. Kyler Murray, 67 yards and a touchdown. Opportunity there for Josh Allen. DK Metcalf, guys? Yeah? What? <laughs> no, this game's super easy, except Josh Allen, I guess. Well, let me well, ask the, a question, the, Adam. The, no, and the Josh Bills, Allen's really easy. It's except the Bills running backs. The, actually, the Bills are not that easy. 
in my opinion. What, well, Stephon Diggs is easy. Yeah, um, he is. What does Tyler Lockett's games two after 100 yards <laughs> look <know>. like? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But You nailed that one. I didn't nail it. It's not like I was telling people to sit him. It was just a fun, weird stat. Was, I mean, it, it, it another trend that carries over. I guess so. Why, the thing is, like, why did I even take the time to look that up? You know, what a strange person I am. But yeah, Josh Allen, look, he's top nine for everyone. Jamie's got him seventh. Heath has him third. So, Jamie, I guess you, you would start Herbert over him and Watson. And I like Josh Allen a lot, but he's had some good matchups in the last month. You know, he's, I hope November's better for him than October was because October was awful. You know, September was fantastic, October a disaster. It's a great matchup. I mean, you know, we'll see what the return of Jamal Adams does, but I don't think it's going to make that dramatic a difference on the Seattle defense from a production allowed to opposing quarterbacks because that's when they were at their worst was when Jamal Adams was playing for them earlier this season. So this is one of those situations where he can't turn the ball over. He has to have a little bit more luck in terms of his touchdowns uh, from a positive regression standpoint, and he's got to continue to run. You know, so I I think Josh Allen's a very good starting quarterback, but this is a good week for the top upper echelon of quarterbacks, and he's in that group. Okay, so Heath, Bills running backs. Is this, in my opinion, it's a sneaky, tough matchup. How are you approaching it? No, I think it is. Um, the benefit for the Bills running backs is that there's a lot of points that are going to be scored. The negative for them is that Josh Allen's the goal line running back. Um, I think Moss is more likely to score a touchdown, obviously, but I think it's kind of a sneaky, possibly Singletary game. If you think that Seattle is going to score 35 points, Singletary is pretty much their pass catching back. Moss does it a little bit. Um, Hasn't I, mattered, though. Yeah, I don't want to start either of these guys is how I feel about it. They're flexes. He's not throwing to Singletary at all, basically. I mean, it's, uh, you know, he doesn't score touchdowns. He's not catching the ball. He is their passing those guy. You're right. But it, it's like, Go stand out there. <laughs> I mean, they they just don't throw him the ball. Well, so, I mean, he had five targets the game before the last one. Yes, and one catch. You know, so it's it's a byproduct two. of just uh, two. <laughs> sorry, um, <laughs> he's got I think four catches his last four games, um, or five catches last four games. Like he, he's just not used in that regard. It's it's weird. Um, so I I just think that Singletary to me is off the table. Uh, desperation flex at best. And Moss, like you said, he, he's, he's got a chance to potentially score. So non-PPR, I think Moss is a starter. PPR, I think he's easy to get away from. Okay, would you start Amari Cooper or Zach Moss? I would start Zach Moss in non-PPR. Yeah, and Cooper in full. Yep. How about, how about, um, all right, honestly, San Francisco tight end or Zach Moss? If it's Jordan Reed, I'd start Jordan Reed over Zach Moss. I'm not starting Ross Dwelly over Zach Moss. Cool. And Josh or Stefan Diggs is a must start, obviously. How confident are you in Cole Beasley? 11 wide receivers have scored 20, 20 or more PPR fantasy points against this team against Seattle. It's just unbelievable how bad they are against wide receivers and how much teams throw on them. So, how confident are you in Beasley and or Brown? I'm fairly confident in Cole Beasley, but as a number three receiver, I mean, I don't think he's a must-start guy by any stretch because you saw what the downside could be last week. You know, I mean, he did not have a good game. Targets were down. It's his first bad game, so take that into account since week one. But I think you look at what Cole Beasley is, especially with John Brown. Even if he's on the field, he's not 100%. So Beasley is, is the second-best receiver for the Bills. 
He's the fourth best receiver in this game. This game's expected to be high scoring. And so if Josh Allen's going to have success throwing the ball, it's going to have to come with Cole Beasley doing something. Patriots, Jets, are we good there? Okay, yeah, we're good. <laughs> Patriots, Jets. Cam is 10th for Jamie. Well, let me make sure I got the updated rankings here. Yes, he's 10th. 10th, I think 14th for Dave, and 15th for Dave now, and 13th for Heath. Okay, he's been horrible. Two touchdown passes, seven interceptions this season. He's facing the Jets. It's perfect. They've struggled against mobile quarterbacks. They're the worst. So, um, Heath, first word on Cam Newton. Go. You said it. He's not been very good. The Jets are a terrible defense, and he's a borderline starting quarterback. The different, like, I don't think the difference between 10th or 13th or 15th is very much in anybody's mind. So it's just, it's whether you're starting him over somebody like Ryan Tannehill or Derek Carr. I, I would start those guys over Cam, but they're all right in the same range. I would definitely start Cam Newton over Ben Roethlisberger. Jamie, is Damian Harris better than Zach Moss? Yes. Matchup. Totally. Okay. And um, where would you rank James Crowder? The magic number for Damian Harris is 13. The last four running backs with at least 13 carries against the Jets has had, I think, 12 or more PPR points. So better in non-PPR than PPR. Harris has two games this season with at least 13 or more carries, and he's got 100 yards in both of them. So be very surprised if you didn't get that number. I got to see what his yards per carry is. Like, how do I not know this? It's got to be like Harris? over. It's got to be like over six, right? Oh, five point well, seven was, was great. Five point seven. The- oh my god, I love him. He's my new guy, Damian Harris. YPC for life. YPC. <laughs> okay, uh, where would you rank Jamison Crowder if he played? Fifteen. Uh, in that neighborhood, yes. Better than Steelers guys. Better than. Um, the Cowboys guys, you know, so better than Chark. Okay, the, the, my my favorite stat. It's not like, as good as Jacoby Myers. Though. Doesn't change. The Patriots are last in the NFL in yards per attempt against. Eight point six yards per attempt. Like it's it's the Jets, Vikings, Falcons, Jaguars. Patriots are the worst. That's so weird. And uh, Heath, you said the Michael P Ryan. You think has some weird sleeper appeal. I think he could be a flex. Yeah. The Patriots haven't been very good against the run either. Um, they're just bad defensively. And P. Ryan has a, the ability to possibly break a tackle. And uh, it's a, it's unfortunate he can't get more than 10 carries in a game, but frankly, decent flex. <laughs> I saw, I think it was uh, Ben Volan of the Boston Globe tweet this that somebody asked why they were, why they're in nickel so much on defense. And I think his answer was, and, and, and again, don't quote me on this. I think it's what I saw, but that their personnel, based on what they have, healthy bodies, they have to play nickel more so than they do like a base defense. Wow. Okay, well, listen, I drank way too much water today. We must have talked about Pete Prisco a lot, so I need to end this show right now. Thanks a lot to Jamie and Heath and Ben Schrager. We will talk to you on Twitch, 4 p.m. Eastern time. We'll see you there. And we've got a recap of tonight's game and the AFC, NFC home games on tomorrow's show. See you later.